welcome to the Christ in Culture, the show where we discuss culture as a means of evangelization by finding elements of Christ and his church revealed within. This is Clint. And this is Steve. We are excited to be back with you guys. So, Clint, tell me what kind of media you've been taking recently. So, like I said, last week, I've actually been taking in quite a bit of just random stuff because I now have Hulu and Disney Plus and ESPN Plus and all this different stuff. So, first things first, I found on Hulu trilogy of movies that I didn't even know existed, but there's live action Fairly Odd Parents movies. Mm. So, Fairly Odd Movie, Grow Up Timmy Turner, A Fairly Odd Christmas, and A Fairly Odd Summer, all played by Drake Bell. Remember Drake from Drake and Josh? Yeah, have a uh, how what do you think? What what's your review? I watched all 3 of them. Cheesy as you would expect. It's a right, com- right. combination of like live actors and the animation from Fairly Odd Parents. Oh, but it's like the a- actual animation, not like CGI 3D like the actual cartoon animation. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, okay. Well, I I actually think that's better than if they like made some sort of creepy 3D models. Yeah, it's so some of the voices are either the the same voices from the cartoon or very very accurate portrayals. It's I mean it's as cheesy as you'd expect, but it was like throwback and they were pretty short. I think they were all only like an hour long maybe. Okay. So it really wasn't that much of an investment, but yeah, so I watched that and then speaking of cartoons, I also on Hulu found the show that my brother is obsessed with, Rick and Morty. Oh, yes. Yes, yes, yes. It was funny at times. Maybe I'm just ignorant, but I didn't think it was as funny as some people played off to be. Mm-hmm. I thought it was good. I enjoyed it. I would probably watch the next season when it comes out, but not obsessed with it, you know? Yeah, I feel you. The, the next thing on, on the Hulu that I checked out is a show that, well, Gordon actually told me about, but he told me about the movie. What we do in the shadows which is uh taika waititi and is this the vampire one yeah <laughs> i have co-workers that are obsessed with this show and i feel like i would like it i hear it's very funny it's like a stupid funny i don't know like yeah. taika waititi has a lot of just like this shouldn't be funny but it's like so cleverly done that it's hilarious kind of thing yeah i don't know if yeah. that's a good explanation this is it like british humor basically it's better. It's uh, yeah. New Zealand humor. So some ah, New Zealand Kiwi because mm. that's where he's from. Yeah, they're kind of clever humor. I, well, I only say that because I have watched British sitcoms, and sometimes they're just like they're funny because they're so clever in a lot of ways. But that's just me. Okay, yeah. moving on. Yeah. So that, and then I read a book called The Alexandria Link by Steve Barry, which is actually a sequel to a book that I read in like middle school. Didn't really realize it, but it's pretty anti-Christian, anti-Catholic. <laughs> oh, wow. So now reading the sequel, I'm like, oh, wow, yes, I see this now. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So, But other than that, I, I did enjoy the book because it's like one of those what if mystery, like history mystery kind of things, kind of like uh, what's the book that everyone got? Uh, the Da Vinci Code. Mm. if you've read that book or seen seen that movie yeah, but it, yeah it's that kind of thing not quite as anti-catholic as that but it's like 
what if, you know, putting history together. Right, right. That makes sense. How about you? I have been mostly rewatching old things. I'm taking it upon myself to introduce my girlfriend to good media that is funny. We were watching the show Community, so I'm rewatching Community, which is just, I forgot how great of a show Community is. And then I introduced her to Dr. Horrible's sing-along blog, which I used to watch so much in college. I introduced everyone I knew to this, this sort of like musical. And I used to know all the lyrics and then I like rewatched it and like, I still remembered everything. And then I like remembered how many kind of cool themes were in it that we could talk about on the podcast, which is uh, what we're going to do today. But you were going to say something before we jump into that. I don't know if you remember this, but uh, when I was new to youth ministry and you were still a youth minister, you Mm -hmm. were in my office at the church. And I don't remember what we were there for, but it was super late. And we started talking about this musical, Dr. Horrible Singalong Blog. And we we started singing the songs together. So I don't know if you remember that, but we, we bonded. Oh, I, I remember. I remember that. That was the beginning of our friendship, truly, as deep yeah. as it is now. It was just like, went from like acquaintances to, to serious long-term friendships. And anyone who knows this obscure musical made by Neil Patrick Harris is automatically in, in the friendship zone. Yeah, yeah, it's good. Not to be confused with the friend zone. Right. Yeah. Totally, totally different things. But I will say it was really good. And yeah, I do remember singing with you in your office. And I remember one of your coworkers trying to then recruit us for like some choir for a retreat or something. I don't know. Just to clarify, trying to recruit you. Uh, yeah. She has not tried to recruit me. <laughs> you have a much better voice than I do. I was singing. Yeah. But uh, yeah, we'll leave it at that. Yeah. Well, good times. anyway, moving on. So this is what we're talking about today. For people who don't know what this musical is, Steve, what what is Dr. Horrible's sing-along blog and how do you even pronounce that? Yeah, Dr. Horrible's sing-along blog. It is, it's like an online musical that they did. It's like 45 minutes, three acts. There's actually a really interesting kind of history behind it, but I won't get too much into that. What I will say is that they made, it was a bunch of actors that got together. It was the Screen Actors Guild. I guess I'm just going to tell the story. I won't get too much into that. Now, wait a minute. I believe it was like the Writers Guild went on strike. And I guess the idea was that the Screen Actors Guild couldn't perform if the writers didn't write something, right? And so Neil Patrick Harris and a bunch of other actors got together and created Dr. Horrible's sing-along blog. And they released it for free on the internet. And still made several million dollars off of it. Yeah, like it was it was a wild success. It's just, it's this funny kind of musical that actually is a pretty decent plot about a guy, Dr. Horrible, who's trying to join the supervillains, like basically the, the guild of supervillains, right? The evil league of evil. And he doesn't want to join the henchman's legion because he's not a henchman, you know? He's got a quote, got a PhD in horribleness, which is basically his, uh, I guess his catchphrase. And it's just him basically trying to go about joining this evil league of evil. And he's got his arch nemesis, Captain Hammer. Played by Nathan Fillion. Yeah, Nathan Fillion. And it's definitely PG-13. So I wouldn't like suggest watching this with like your children, small children, because there's some like, there's some moments, but it's, 
it's really funny and very clever. And so we'll kind of skip around on some of the songs because some of the songs are just, I mean, they're very funny and like they play into the plot, but there's like, we don't need to necessarily try to like pull out all the themes in there. We'll kind of stick to the ones that are more central to the plot. And I think really exemplify sort of like the Christian themes and story within it. Mm -hmm. And just spoiler alert, which this is a big spoiler alert. The movie is at its core, a like classic tragedy. And we'll kind of go into that a little bit more, but a classic Greek tragedy is where the protagonist through their own choices leads to their own downfall. Do we want to touch on the main characters real quick? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Let's let's do that. The main character, like I said, is Dr. Horrible, a.k.a. Billy. And he is in love with a woman named Penny, which is basically theme of the very first song, My Freeze Ray. My Freeze Ray is him responding to one of his bloggers, like, because he's a blogger, one of his, I guess, uh, not blog followers. It kind of purposes that one of the reasons he wants to join the Evil League of Evil is because he's in love with Penny and he wants to show her that, you know, like, he's a somebody, you know, he's somebody worth, yeah, impressive. Like, he's somebody worth loving. You know, he's been watching her from afar. They do laundry together. So he sees her at the laundromat. One of my favorite parts or favorite lines in the whole musical is he's talking about how she's going to change her mind about him and finally see him as, as like someone worth investing in, as if she didn't already. But he says she's going to change her mind when he hands her the keys to a shiny new, and he thinks he's going to say yeah. car, but he's yeah. like, shiny new Australia. Yeah, <laughs> it's a great <laughs> line. Yeah, yeah. He's, he says, and, and she may cry, but her tears will dry when I hand her the keys to a shiny new Australia. Yeah. <laughs> and it's, it's, and that's just kind of like the, the goofiness of this particular musical, but it's really good. And then you have Dr. Horrible's arch nemesis, Captain Hammer, played by uh, Nathan Fillion. And Captain Hammer is the superhero, but he's kind of the foil to Dr. Horrible. And he's kind of a jerk. He's very pompous and super prideful, super prideful. And he ends up dating Penny. We'll, we'll kind of get into that a little bit more. But Dr. Horrible inadvertently has a part in that and kind of introducing them together. Mm-hmm. And so it's kind of just funny. Oh, and then we have Moist, Moist, which is basically kind of Dr. Horrible's like henchman, even though he doesn't really go on any of the heists or anything with Dr. Horrible. He's just like his friend that he until talks the to end. until the very end. And then you have Bad Horse. Bad yeah. Horse is the leader of the evil League of Evil, and he is the thoroughbred of sin is what they call him. I kind of I always think like he is like uh, one of the horse horse like horsemen of the apocalypse. Like every time I think of Bad Horse, I feel oh. like. That's yeah. the theme they're trying to go for. I never even thought of that. I just thought it was like something like random funny, you know? Yeah. Yeah. He's actually a horse. Like it's yeah. literally just a horse. Yeah. Um, with his evil death Winnie. <laughs> I, I did want to point out though, that this is like a, a geek's dream musical. Mm-hmm. We have Neil Patrick Harris. We have Nathan Fillion, obviously the star of uh, Firefly, which is like mm-hmm. one of the geek classics. Felicia Day is a huge She's like into, she plays video games and does a lot of like voice acting for video games and stuff like that. And then she's actually famous for playing Dungeons and Dragons, which you and I are both fans of. And then Moist is played by Simon Helberg, who is one of the characters in The Big Bang Theory. Howard. Howard. Yeah, there you go. So it's like, this is (laughs) the ultimate cast of like, if you took the geekiest, pretty decently 
big name actors and put them into a random musical. Yeah. This is what you get. Yeah. And so we'll kind of jump in here. So one, one of the first songs we'll talk about is a very short song. It is uh, right after Dr. Horrible gets a letter from Bad Horse in the Evil League of Evil saying that like his application has been accepted and that he's basically pending review and that he's got to go perform some act of evil to like prove that he's worthy of joining. And so he goes to perform a heist to basically steal components that he needs for his freeze ray, which is going to be used to stop time. It's not an ice beam, it's a freeze ray. And so there's a short, very song about called Caring Hands, which Felicia Day, who is uh, her character is really fighting for the homeless. Like that's her whole thing. Like she's really trying to change the world, but she's trying to do it in a much more positive way than Dr. Horrible. She's social justice, like through yeah. and through. Yeah, hundred percent. She And so she's trying to get petition signatures and she's like, will you lend a caring hand to shelter those who need it? Only have to sign your name. Don't even have to read it. Would you help? No. How about you? Essentially, like the themes here, right? I mean, she's obviously like, would you lend a caring hand to shelter those who need it? Right. So she's really involved in what is essentially one of the corporate works of mercy, trying to just help the least fortunate. And that actually kind of plays into an exchange that she has with Neil Patrick Harris, where she bumps into him. He's dressed in his normal clothes and she asks for him to sign the petition. And what you learn is that Dr. Horrible, ironically, really cares about social change, but he just feels that the only way to change it is to just route the whole system and replace it by ruling it himself. Which surprisingly is not that far off from what a lot of people actually think. Uh, The only way things would be fixed is if I was in charge, you got to do it yourself kind of mentality. Right. Yeah. And I'm not going to get too much into the theme of consequentialism because I've I've, uh, we talk I've talked about, that, about that, a that a lot. Yeah, um, it's one of my themes that I like to talk about a lot, I guess. But but consequentialism is bad. And if you want proof, go listen to any of the <laughs> podcasts that we've done on consequentialism. Hamilton. Yeah, we talked a little bit in Hamilton. And then also we talked almost exclusively on it in our Infinity War podcast about sort of like Thanos and yeah. consequentialism. So go check those out if you want to hear me rant about those topics but I won't do it necessarily too much here. But uh, anyway, but they recognize each other from the laundry. And what you see is like, he's so focused on the mission at hand that she's trying to strike up a conversation with him. And she just like basically leaves because he's not paying attention to her. He stops. He's like, should I stop doing this heist and like go pursue this woman? And then it leads into his song, A Man's Gotta Do. Because he chooses to do the heist instead of pursue her. Ironically, Part of the reason why he was trying to do the heist was to impress her. And so yeah, he to not talk to her. Right. It's a mess. And yeah. And it actually goes back to one of the earlier lines when he's talking to Moist. And he has a really funny line where he's like, and Moist, like, you talk to her? And he's like, well, we're just a few weeks away from a real audible connection. Right. Because he's never <laughs> spoken to her. And so. It's so funny. Yeah, and so he's like, should I? And he's like, no, a man's got to do what a man's got to do. Don't plan the plan if you can't follow through. All that matters, taking matters into your own hands. Soon I'll control everything. My wish is your command. And so there's like a sense in there 
where like there is some truth right like whole like sense of duty like a man's got to do what a man's got to do following through on your commitments like those things are good things but it sort of turned on its head when it's sort of like taking matters into your own hands in this sort of like you having to control the narrative i guess yeah it's like it's not to beat a dead horse here but uh the idea of i need to be my own salvation right we've talked about that right the last couple episodes too and i think one of the cool things about this musical because ultimately it's just the storyline is essentially just what you see in a basic high school like mm-hmm. movie where you have like the cool jock who's actually a jerk underneath and you have like the nerdy nice mm-hmm. guy who just doesn't know how to be nice kind of thing so he, he does bad things to try and impress the girl who's actually just really nice and she's confused right. and goes for the jock because he's cute and that's kind of what we see here but it's yeah. portrayed through adult superheroes but what i've noticed is i think all the characters none of them are really heroes but all of them are so close you know mm-hmm. it's, it's like it's not good enough like they're not quite there you have penny and we'll see this but like penny is just like too trusting right she mm-hmm. she does not know um, we'll, we'll see how what this what happens but she she's really good and she wants to do good things but she's she doesn't have good judgment sometimes. And then we have yeah. Dr. Horrible who wants to do good things, but in order to do those good things, he thinks he has to do bad things to get there. And then obviously Captain Hammer, who is... The, Does good things for the wrong reasons. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Or pretends <laughs> to do good things even. He doesn't always even do them, you know? He's, yeah, actually, yeah. he's actually the biggest jerk in the entire thing. And it's so true. And so so he he jumps in here, actually. This is where we meet Captain Hammer. Yeah. He says, you know, stand back, everyone, nothing here to see, just imminent danger in the middle of it, me. Yes, Captain Hammer's here, hair blowing in the breeze, and the day needs my saving expertise. And he sings, a man's got to do what a man's got to do. Seems destiny ends with me saving you. The only doom that's looming is you loving me to death. I'll give you a sec to catch your breath. And so he's like really pompous. <laughs> and the funny thing is he like punches the control device. So he just like does brute force, which ends up meaning that Dr. Horrible has less control of the van. And then uh, he comes down to save Penny by pushing her into garbage. And then the like remote control finally works and Dr. Horrible like presses the brake. And so Penny ends up falling for Captain Hammer and Captain Hammer is kind of like hitting on her. And Dr. Horrible's kind of like, are you kidding? What heist were you watching? Like, stop looking at her like that. Did you notice he threw you in the garbage? I stopped the van. The remote control was in my hand. Yeah, he's even like, you almost killed her. And the yeah. Dr. Hammer's like, well, I remember it differently. Kind of like the whole, yeah. oh, that's your truth kind of thing. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And so it, like, it actually goes to show that, like, that the superhero is actually a little bit more of the bad guy yeah. in, this, in the theme here. And obviously, too, like, it's, it's coming from the perspective of Dr. Horrible, right? But but yeah, it's it's this really interesting, uh, really interesting thing. And so then that leads, and we'll kind of learn a little bit more of like who Captain Hammer is, because in a certain sense, I think that if there is more of like a Christ-like figure in this whole musical, it's actually a little bit of Penny. Because even though Dr. Horrible is like very misguided, he's trying to strive for sort of the virtue that he sees in Penny. And then what you learn is like, even as pompous as we just saw Dr. Uh, or Captain Hammer is, even though he still ends up being very pompous, she ends up kind of showing him, like he wants to end up trying to like help the homeless a little bit. 
even though it's like still incredibly misguided. Yeah, I I struggle even calling her a Christ figure just because there's yeah. a lot of stuff in there. But I almost think that she's the closest thing to a Christian character that we see, yeah. right? Because she's yeah. she is charitable. It's actually kind of ironic she's played by Felicia Day because the first person I thought of was Dorothy Day, who mm, yeah, hopefully someday will be a, a saint in, in the church. But she was known for her social justice and for serving the poor and, and those who need it. So I, I think that's the closest. And that would make sense to me why she's like the closest thing in this musical to what a Christian should look like. Because like you said, she shows those virtues that literally change the other two guys to be better, or at least yeah. to try to be. Right, exactly. And so the song My Eyes is really funny because it's basically Dr. Horrible stucking Penny and Captain Hammer while they're on dates. And his half of the musical is incredibly like despairing and depressing. And her half, because it's a duet, her half is like incredibly uplifting and sort of hopeful. And I actually think what's really interesting is like hers are on the upbeats and his is on the downbeats is like, so it was like even kind of placed in there musically speaking. I didn't even notice that, but yeah. And so, you know, he, he's kind of like, he's lamenting and he's got, um, he's like any adult with half a brain can see that humankind has gone insane. Right. So he's just at this point, incredibly frustrated you know, he only sees sort of this dark and glooming sort of sense, right? Uh, listen to everybody's heart and hear that breaking sound. And he's sort of projecting his own issues. And I think we all can do this, like projecting our own insecurities or, or um, pain on others. But then you get the pennies and she's talking about the homeless. She says, look around, we're living with the lost and found. Just when you feel you've almost drowned, you find yourself on solid ground and you believe there's good in everybody's heart. Keep it safe and sound. With hope, you can do your part to turn a life around. And then it's, whereas uh, Dr. Horrible's, I cannot believe my eyes, how the world's filled with filth and lies, but it's plain to see evil inside of me and on the rise. Hers is, I cannot believe my eyes, is the world finally growing wise? Because it seems to me some kind of harmony is on the rise. And so there's this sort of dichotomy there. Yeah, where... Dr. Horrible, or in this case, he's Billy, which is his, yeah. his real name, is seeing like the world is so messed up. I, I like the line in, in Billy's where he says, to the point where I don't know if I'll upset the status quo if I throw poison in the water main. So yeah. he's like, the world is so messed up. I could literally throw poison in everyone's drinking water and no one would bat an eye. Like that's how messed up our world mm -hmm. is right now. And so yeah. we do go back to like, he recognizes things are messed up or at least through his eyes, things are messed up and he wants to, to make things better. And again, it mm -hmm. just comes back to again, the consequentialism where he's, he's making things better or trying to by doing evil things. But yeah, I, I do see a lot of stuff in Penny, obviously the lost and found, I mean, with like the lost sheep and stuff like that. Yeah. Yeah. She's got this sense of like this very hopeful message and the belief that there is good in everybody's heart. Right. So she, she kind of has like, whereas Dr. Horrible or Billy is looking at like, everyone is inherently evil. She's looking at them as they're inherently good and they may make bad decisions. And so I think she kind of has that more Christian outlook, but then it kind of goes back down to Dr. Horrible and it's overlapping. And he says, anyone with half a brain could spend their whole life howling in pain because the dark is everywhere and Penny doesn't seem to care, but soon the dark in me is all that will remain. And so like, 
he is just sort of, I think, I think honestly, this, this is like the sin of despair at its core. Like there's this sense, like you just feel like the darkness everywhere and it's so overwhelming. And that really, even in that line, like there's the sense that he's even crying out, like he just wants just Penny to like be there, right? To like see the darkness in him and like shed that light. And you actually kind of see that a little bit in Penny's lines because it's overlapping where she says, take it slow. He looks at me and seems to know the things I'm afraid to show. And suddenly I feel this glow and I believe, and then it goes into there's good in everybody's heart. And I feel like, what were you going to say? I was just going to say those lines are kind of ironic because she's on a date with Dr. Hammer saying, Mm -hmm. Captain Hammer, Captain Hammer. He sees like these things in me that I've never really showed before, but Mm -hmm. Captain Hammer doesn't notice anything about her no nothing she just like he's kind of projects this onto him whereas dr horrible even though he's he's the quote-unquote bad guy he Mm -hmm. actually notices things about her and in the very next scene they're doing laundry and he shows up with an extra frozen yogurt because she loves frozen yogurt and he notices that when he's stalking them on their date that she's yeah. eating frozen yogurt. And so Which he's also super creepy. One. <laughs> it is really creepy. Don't do that. But he sits there and he's like, well, that's weird. I ordered one frozen yogurt and they gave me two. You don't happen to like frozen yogurt, do you? And she's like, I love frozen yogurt. It's like, what a crazy random happenstance. <laughs> it's like spoon and like hands are fork. And so it's this really funny thing. But, but yeah, there's this sense of like, I think even that like she's feeling this glow, right? And I think this thing is like, he's feeling despair and she, even though it's misplaced because uh, Captain Hammer's not a good guy, she is experiencing love and love brings about light and life. And so it's just, there is this sort of dynamic there. But Penny's character throughout all of it is this sort of voice of hope. Like she's always, like all of her songs, everything she has is always very hopeful which I think kind of counters Dr. Horrible's sort of pessimism that he has. Mm-hmm. And it all goes back to, if he would have like not done the heist and talked to her, she would probably be bringing hope into his life. Yeah. I mean, and would he have continued his, his evil pursuits? Mm-hmm. Cause if it was all just to do good in the world and mm-hmm. to get her attention, well, if he had her attention and was doing good with her, uh, and this isn't to yeah. say like she's going to fix all of his problems. Relationships are not going to fix all your problems unless that relationship is with Christ. That's not what we're trying to say. But if he would have like taken the time to recognize her mm-hmm. as a person and not just like this concept in his brain of like what he thinks she is, then this story could have ended a lot differently. Absolutely. No one likes the ending to this story. So yeah. Foreshadowing. The, the next song is a reprise of Bad Horse Chorus, which is the letter he got. And so basically he fails at one of his later heists and he's rejected from the evil league of evil. And they're like, you basically have to commit an assassination. And so he doesn't like that because he doesn't want to actually have to kill anybody. So he's evil, but he doesn't want to have to like kill anyone. He just wants to, you know, rob or steal or something like that, you know, upset the status quo without actually having to kill anybody. And he's talking to Penny and he's like saying how he really wants this. He's not telling her because he's some Billy and they're having frozen yogurt. And he's like, I just really feel like I'm qualified for this job. And she's kind of trying to be hopeful and bringing up. And she's like, you know, everything happens. And, and she ends up singing the song called Penny Song. And it's, here's a story of a girl who grew up lost and lonely, thinking love was fairy tale 
and trouble was made only for me. Even in the darkness, every color can be found, and every day of rain brings water flowing to things growing in the ground. Griefs were placed with pity for a city barely coping. Dreams are easy to achieve if hope is all I'm hoping to be. Anytime you're hurt, there's one who has it worse around, and every drop of rain will keep you growing seeds you're sowing in the ground. So keep your head up, Billy Buddy. This actually, I think, probably the my favorite song and really what inspired me to do this podcast because there's a lot in this just one song. On one hand, right, she has this like sort of tragic, like she didn't really grow up with understanding love, like thinking love was some sort of fairy tale and that her life was apparently full of troubles. But that like there's a sense that even God uses us in that, like God even uses that to sort of inspire her to go out there and do do good right and so she's she's hopeful like even in darkness every color can be found right there that even in our darkest moments you can find goodness uh and every day of rain brings water flowing to things growing in the ground so like right even even rain and we even see like the the concept of rain biblically speaking is is a good thing right even the wait did you just say rain is a good thing our third episode we've ever done the most popular episode yeah <laughs> Go yeah that one yeah, go check out that one. You'll hear more about why rain is actually a good thing. But I will say like that it, it, it is in scripture that it's it's a good thing, right? Baptism. Yeah. And so she says, grief replaced with pity for a city barely coping. Dreams are easy to achieve if hope is all I'm hoping to be, right? And so- I love that line. Yeah, it's so good to where like, she's like, look, like I was grieving. And then there's a sense, and I've even experienced it in my life where you're facing grief and you're so focused inwardly. And I think that's what Satan wants from us, right? To, to focus just on our, our pain, to be stuck inside of ourselves mm-hmm. when truly we're made for communion with others and we're made for each other. And so oftentimes I felt the most, it, and it's sort of the paradox of our faith that the more we give to others, the more we find ourselves filled. Like the more we love, the more we end up finding this sort of meaning and sense of self and purpose. And so she's replaced her grief with this sort of like wanting to love and wanting to serve people and wanting to be hope, right? If hope is all I'm hoping to be, dreams are easy to achieve, right? Like her dream is to just bring hope to other people. Right. And, and this is one of the reasons why I think she is not the Christ figure, but like the Christian character, Christian of the figure. Story. You know, yeah. like this is that's what we're supposed to be doing. Especially, yeah, the world is really as bad as Doctor Horrible is singing it to be. Then this is what the world needs. Like we look around at 2020, and I've been bringing this up a lot because this is kind of like my focus point for the last month or so is just the lack of hope, especially among those in the church. You know, there's so many people. Christian people who, who have lost hope and we are supposed to be the beacon of hope for the world. Right. So are we really embracing that line that she's saying dreams are easy to achieve if hope is all I'm hoping to be. So if, if we are just looking to be a beacon of hope to the world, I mean, that's, that's, well, if if she's right and, and Jesus is right, then that should be, easier to achieve than we're making it out to be, you know, because we yeah. we're so distracted by all of the the other things, you know? Right. And I think sometimes we we struggle with wanting to be recognized for the things we're doing instead of like actually just focus on bringing one person some sort of hope. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, we, 
Yeah. I did a Bible study today with my edge kids that we mm-hmm. focused on uh, Matthew 14, right? The walking on water. Jesus walks up yeah. on water yeah. and, and Peter, and this reminds me of like, Peter was told one thing, come. And he starts coming to Jesus and then he gets distracted by the storm and that's when he starts to fall. Yeah. And I mean, we're told to do one thing. We're told to, to come, to follow Christ and to be that beacon of hope. And we get distracted by the storm around us, hashtag 2020, and we start to fall, you know? And th- that's where we get into the sense of, of hopelessness and defeat and just anxiety. Yeah. And there's even this sense here of like, and then I love too this line of like, when you are hope, right, you're sowing seeds. And that anytime you're hurt, there's one who has it worse around, right? In this sense of like, not being so inwardly focused to like, not recognize the need of your brother or sister next to you. And that every drop of rain, right, keep you growing seeds you're sowing in the ground. In the sense of like, there is this sense where as we are hopeful, like we bring hope to others, those people end up bringing hope to even further people. And it just keeps this sort of like growing of the seeds and the sowing of the seeds throughout. And I think that's sort of true, right? I bring hope to somebody that's in, that has like, if someone, if I experience pain and then I'm able to bring hope to somebody who's experiencing that same pain, then that person's able to bring the same hope to somebody else that's experiencing that pain. And there becomes this sort of like sense of we are further in the kingdom. And like, we are remembering that God is using us as instruments to love his children. Yeah. And so eventually that's where Billy meets Captain Hammer and Captain Hammer basically reveals himself to be the biggest jerk of all time. That is basically just going to like take Penny because Dr. Horrible wants her. And and he has this quote where he says, I get what you want. Mm -hmm. And that's the only reason he's like doing any of this is to be vindictive. You realize what a jerk he is. He's just taking advantage of her. Yeah. And Billy decides like, okay, like the person I'm going to assassinate is Captain Hammer. And then you have this song and we won't get into the lyrics, but so they say. And then in this scene, you realize that and brand new day, by the way, is where he says, I'll hand you the keys to a shiny new Australia. This is one of my favorite songs, but doesn't really have anything to do with what we're talking about. So, yeah, I agree. And so Brand New Day is great, but it shows like the planning of our Dr. Horrible. And then So They Say ends up coming back. And it's a little bit of everyone singing it, but it comes back. And what you see is Penny really not even sure she wants to be with Captain Hammer. And she's sitting there alone with two frozen yogurts and Billy's nowhere to be found on laundry days because he's trying to plan how he's going to win Penny's heart when in reality she wanted Billy in the get-go. And so this is sort of the beginning of, oh, wow, there's really a tragedy happening here where everything he wants is like, he's not, he's like pursuing the wrong ends. And I think that's like sin, right? Like we want something good, but we pursue the wrong thing and we end up hurting ourselves because of it. What was the name of the horse? The, not the bad horse, his like nickname? It was something of sin, thoroughbred of sin. Oh, the thoroughbred of sin. Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, I kind of am just putting this together. So I'm thinking out loud, but thoroughbred of sin, right? This whole time he has been kind of like tempting or luring uh, Dr. Horrible into doing something he doesn't really want to do Mm -hmm. in order to achieve his ultimate goal. He's like, okay, I can help you 
with your goal. I can help you get into this. And ultimately yeah. that, that would impress Penny, but you're going to have to do this. You're going to have to kill someone. And he even says that he's like, it's like you have assassinations the only way. So now you have to go kill someone. Uh, there will be blood. It might be yours. Yeah. Yeah. And so I, I wonder if this is kind of like our Satan figure, you know? The th- yeah, it really is. Yeah. Yeah. It's definitely the Satan figure. You were a hundred percent correct there. Yes, I got it. And so then, then it goes, and there's a there's a line, um, and I'm only going to bring it up briefly. It's called "Everyone's a Hero," and it's yeah, it's Captain Hammer's song, and you realize just what an absolute jerk, and how he really doesn't care so much about the homeless or poverty. But there is a sense where he's like recognizing a little bit, where he's talking about Penny, because he's like, she showed me there are so many different muscles I can flex. There's the deltoids of compassion. There's the abs of being kind. It's not enough to bash in heads. You've got to bash in minds. This this whole song is also being told during a press conference, I want to point out. So it's like, yeah, he's embarrassing her. Uh, he talks about some other mm-hmm. stuff too that's super inappropriate. Yeah. But he's like talking about it on the news to like all these reporters and everything. And after saying a few nice things about the homeless and what they're trying to do, that's mm-hmm. when this song really kicks in and and stuff gets bad. Yeah, and he's not a good guy. And you think like bad as he is there, like he was actually a little bit worse (laughs) probably before he's doing the right things, but for the wrong reasons, whereas Dr. Hall was doing the wrong things, but for the right reasons. And so then it comes into the song slipping, which is where Dr. Horrible tries to actually come in. He uses the freeze ray on Captain Hammer. And he's talking about how everything's slipping and everyone like just basically like society is slipping. And and he's, it's a sort of this overture of how he's going to do it. He says like heroes are over with, look at him, not a word. Hammer, meat, nail. Then I win. Then I get everything I ever, all the cash, all the fame, and social change. Anarchy that I run. It's Dr. Horrible's turn. And then there's this line where he says, no sign of Penny good. I would give anything not to have her see. And then he's saying, and the last line is, there's no time for mercy. Here goes no mercy. Because he still, he still has that last minute. He doesn't want to fire the death ray. He, he doesn't actually want to kill him like he does, but he, he's still struggling with it. And he hesitates. And he hesitates, which actually is really important to the plot. But he still cares about like, okay, I'm good. I don't want Penny to have to see this. Like I, you know, he's, so he's still wanting to do the right things. He's just horribly misguided. And so at the very end, the freeze ray powers down. Captain Hammer can move, punches them in the face. The gun is on Fritz and he pulls the trigger to like shoot Dr. Horrible and it explodes and actually doesn't kill him, but it hurts him. And so he runs away because he's never felt pain before. And he, he yells, I need a maternal figure. Yeah. Yeah. He says, he's like, I need, he's like, I need, I need someone maternal. And yeah, runs off and it's so good. And it's so good. And so then Billy's like, okay, like that didn't go as well as I planned, but I beat him. And then he looks over and he sees Penny. And she's been hit by the shrapnel of the gun. And so he ended up assassinating somebody, but he ended up killing Penny. And that's where the tragedy really lies. And so then there's a song, Everything You Ever, because he talks about in the previous song, like he's going to get everything he ever wanted. And he says, here lies everything, the world I wanted at my feet. My victory is complete. So hail to the king arise and sing and it's this really sad song because like she's at his feet and he's like everything i ever wanted the world i wanted at my feet and like he finally got into the evil league of evil he achieved his dreams 
He achieved the dreams he wanted to achieve for Penny, but in the process, he lost Penny. Mm -hmm. Which is what you were saying before about this being a a true... A tragedy. Tragedy, Yeah. yeah. Yeah, and so he says, your world's benign, so you think justice has a voice, and we all have a choice. Well, your world is mine, and I am fine. And then the last line is, you know, just kind of about like, he's here uh, to make you quake with fear, to make the whole world kneel, like Dr. Horrible is here. And he says, and I won't feel, and then it shows him, and he's still like very sad, sitting in the very first chair, like at his blog chair, a thing. And you can tell he's still so distraught. He's He's gone numb. He doesn't feel yeah. anything anymore. Yeah. And that this song and this whole thing is that like, you know, he lost really what he wanted. And, you know, he thinks like justice, he, he's... He's still struggling. And at this point, it's, I think it's even sadder because I think like the hope that was keeping Dr. Horrible from truly becoming as bad as he could be, like he lost it. Penny was, Penny. Was, the, was his hope. She was the, that light in the darkness, you know, that she was talking about. Even the, the dark has every color. Yeah. And I think there's a sense too where like, this is the story of sin in that, you know, we, we achieve, maybe we have goals um, and we, we do the wrong thing. We're seeking something that might be good, but in the wrong way, which is kind of sin, right? All sin is ultimately on a deeper level for God, but we're just seeking the wrong things where we're chasing after the wrong ends. And I think that's kind of a little bit what's going on with him. And then he loses that light, right? Eventually like commits the big sin and ends up like feeling lost and in without. And so I, I just, I thought that, that there was something there too, just about how we, when we sin, we oftentimes find ourselves losing out on the things we actually want. And we like lose sense of what we were chasing in the first place. It's the irony of defeating the one good part of the story. Like you said, it was the last thing that was keeping him from completely sinking. So in the end, we see him just completely losing it. He joins the evil league and we see Captain Hammer is in counseling. So both of them are completely mm-hmm. broken. Neither of them gets what they want. And I think mm-hmm. the whole irony of the story is we have, uh, like we said before, Captain Hammer, who does the right things for the wrong reasons. We have Dr. Horrible, who does the, the wrong things for the right reasons. And then we have Penny, who does the right things for the right reasons, even though she kind of sucks at it, to be honest. Yeah. She's not very great at it, but she's she's trying, right? And is, I think it's Mother Teresa maybe it's someone else, I'm pretty sure it's Mother Teresa, who said something along the lines of, God is not asking you to succeed. He's asking you to be faithful. Yeah, I think I've heard that. I think it might be her. I, I also am not 100% yeah. sure. Someone, someone check me on that. But the, the idea remains the same. It's like, God isn't asking you to succeed. He will succeed for you. We can't succeed on our own power anyways, but he is asking you to be faithful and, and to follow. And that's what she's doing, even though she's not very good. She gets like one signature and that's just Billy because he's trying to be nice to her, you know? Right. And he, and he likes her. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. But ultimately that's what we're called to be. We're called to be a penny uh, in this situation. And so maybe that can be one of our challenges at the end. But the irony is that she is the only true good person in the whole place. Because everyone else in the story mm-hmm. was either evil or they bought into Captain Hammer's lives hardcore. Yeah. She was the only sure. true good person in the entire musical. And she was the one who was sacrificed. And that's where I was like, maybe she's a Christ figure because she's like, but it yeah. it wasn't it wasn't the same. You know, it, it was she yeah. was a casualty of of everything that was going on. She wasn't a, a willing sacrifice. Yeah, and there's even this sense too, like when she does die, like 
everyone just forgets her. They're like, country mourns, what's her name? You know, like, oh, Captain Hammer's girlfriend. And I think there's something true there of like, we are not always going to be recognized for doing the right thing on our earthly lives. You know, like being a good Christian, actually, that's what Christ promises, is that more likely than not, we will not be recognized and we will not be loved in the eyes of the world, per se. The chances that we will be the Mother Teresa that people really look to is really slim, but the right people will look to us and like God will remember our faithfulness. Does that make sense? Yeah, yeah. And I mean, we're not called to be Mother Teresa either. You know, like there's things we can learn from Mother Teresa and all the saints, but uh, there's a song by Danielle Rose that I actually really enjoy, but it's called The Saint That Is Just Me. And it's about a girl who wanted to be like all these great saints. And she grew up and realized that God's not calling her to be one of these saints. He's calling her to be a saint herself, mm-hmm. like a, a unique saint that she was made to be. Absolutely. And ultimately, that's, that's what we're called to do. So let's go ahead and dive into challenges, unless you have something else you want to talk about here. That's it. Yeah, that's it for me. I think my challenge is, I mean, honestly, I feel like this particular one is a good now, obviously, with COVID, it's probably going to be hard to do a, a corporal work of mercy, but maybe a spiritual work of mercy, I think, is probably the thing that most kind of is, is captured by this uh, this musical, right? To do the right things for the right reasons. Be a penny. Yeah, be a penny. Do you have anything different? Oh, that's totally going to be our title for this episode. Be a penny. <laughs> <laughs> no one's going to know what we're talking about. No, I, I think that was it. You know, like, I think that is going to be very difficult to do, but find a way to serve and, and don't do it. And don't even do it just because we're telling you either. I don't even think that's a good reason. We, we should do it because like that's it's the right thing to do. Yeah. And like you said, that can be hard to do like big things right now. Obviously, there's a lot of people who need help though. There's a lot of people who have lost their jobs. There's a lot of people who are hungry. Send your, your neighbor who lost their job. Send them a meal this week. You know, something like that. Mm-hmm. But I, I think there's still ways that we can we can serve. Yeah, absolutely. You got any shout outs, Steve? Uh, no shout outs this week. Is that a bad horse impersonation? No, yeah, I was a bad horse impersonation. Okay, the only the only shout out I'll have this week is is Maddie because, like I said, I watched Doctor Horrible's thing along vlog with her, and she's the one who told me she was like, "Yeah, you should do a podcast on this one," and I was like, "You're right, I should do a podcast on this one." Well, now she has to listen. So those those are the rules. If you request a podcast, you must listen to it. Dems the rules, guys. I will let her know. <laughs> I I have one shout out as well. Okay. Mutual friend of ours, Rachel Meinzinger. Mm-hmm. We were talking today and uh, she out of the blue texted me and said, she just realized that we were on Spotify on this podcast, which we have been nice. on Spotify for quite some time. And so she's like, oh, I can finally listen to you guys again. I'm like, oh, great. Thank you. So she promised that our, our ratings would go up. She's going to listen to us so much. So Oh, good. We'll see. We'll see what happens. But I, I guess we should probably remind people where they can find us. Obviously, you guys have found us somewhere, but we are on Spotify. We're on just about anything you can listen to podcasts on. We're there. So mm-hmm. if you do prefer Spotify or iHeartRadio, we're on Stitcher, Google Play, Apple Podcasts, you name it, we're there. So make sure if you prefer any of those other places, you can listen to us basically anywhere. So check those out. If you're not sure, you can find links to all of our stuff on our website. Uh, On the very homepage, you can find links to any major podcast source right on on our main page. Uh, You can also find out more about who we are 
I know, Steve, you've only been back with us for a couple months now. So if you're still not sure who this weird Steve guy is, come to the website, find out. You can find all of our episodes there, figure out who our guest hosts have been, stuff like that. We even have a couple blogs in there from when we were thinking that was. You know, the issue is we didn't, we didn't have a sing along blog. That was the issue. That was the problem. All right. Next time it's a sing along blog. Okay. So you can find us at all those places, guys. You can also find us on Twitter at on the adventure Two, Facebook and YouTube, the Christ in culture. I realized I didn't even mention what our website was. It's the Christ So make sure you reach out to us. We'd love to hear from you guys. Don't forget to like subscribe and share us with your friends. We really do appreciate that. And the only way we grow is if you guys help share the good news and not the gospel, but you know, all right thanks for joining us in the adventure and we will see you guys next week see you next week